just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back at the Rational Boomer Podcast. This is an extra edition, and I have Ed joining me, as I so often have these days. And Ed, every time we talk, the days leading up to that, it seems like something fucking crazier happened, something more outrageous, traumatic, dramatic, whatever. It's, it never fails. We always, that's why I tell people with doing the podcast or TikToks, I never am at a loss for fucking topics or information. There's always some shit. Absolutely. And and sometimes you kind of have to wonder, don't you, Mike, the way it's released, that if they aren't trying to distract you from something else. Well, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. You know, that's the most troubling thing about this, Ed, is that we see all this crazy shit, but somehow in the back of our minds, we know this is all being manipulated, too. People are feeding information, certain information at certain times to achieve some goal. We don't always know that that's true, but in the back of our minds, we know that's possible. And that makes the whole thing fucking even more crazy. It does indeed. And and you've got to remember, too, that um, the the surface that we see, and that is like the Senate and the congressmen, the governors and so forth um, on the Republican side and the Democratic side, we see those sort of, although there's all kinds of backdoor things going on. Right. But we've got all, all these think tanks around on both sides that, that, you know, 24 hours a day, they're coming up with this stuff. You know, the, these guys uh, don't write legislation anymore. It comes to them already prepackaged from lobbyists and think tanks. Right. So uh, they're working behind the scenes all the time and saying, well, if we release this now, this will distract from that. And there are all the, I hate to say it, but the best minds on both sides are are working at this uh, all the time. Yeah, it's a fucking game. It's a game of chess or whatever. You know, the the thing that strikes me is that when Donald Trump came into office, um, a lot of people think he rose the levels of racism. And I say he didn't. These people were hiding under rocks. Donald Trump just made it... uh, uh, okay for them to come out and speak. So he exposed a lot of existing racism that we didn't see. But it seems like with Donald Trump and the Republicans now, with all this crazy shit, things we're finding out like the insurrection, like uh, like coming out with ploys to manipulate the general public. That's been exposed now, and we're seeing it. And for some of us, we might think, okay, this is a new thing. This is what we've devolved to. But what I'm afraid to imagine is this shit was always going on. It's just the media was different. The politicians were different. We just never fucking saw it. Oh, I absolutely agree with you 100%. And and coming from the South, of course, I think I may have been a little more aware that... uh, You see, the the thing is that, you know, we met and worked together in Minnesota, uh, which everyone thinks of as this supremely liberal state, uh, Minnesota nice and all of that. From my Southern perspective, when I moved there, though, I was able to say, you know, this isn't really all that much different. 
If, if I were down south, all the black people would be living in one part of town and the rotten schools would be there. Well, guess what? In Minnesota, I found exactly the same thing. Um, you know, that the, the black people had been forced into one small section of town. And as immigrants came, they got pushed in there, too. Right. And uh, the, the schools received less money. We know because we worked in one of them. Um, and all of that was going on. There was redlining all over the place. When it came, came time to put a freeway through town, they went through the black neighborhood. There's been racism in every state in the country from the beginning. And it continues right. to this day unabated. Well, people, you know, people do think that Minnesota is highly liberal. And I guess the majority of the people in this state are liberal. It's not a vast majority, but it's a majority. But you go driving in the hinterlands here in Minnesota, as we often do, some of these smaller towns. (laughs) You still see Trump 2020 fucking signs and flags and stands and all this shit. There are plenty of spots in pockets of Trump humpers in this state and it's disturbing. It makes me angry. Every time I go through them, I go, what are you fucking thinking? But yeah, this state has plenty of racism in it, plenty to go around. And I see it every day. I mean, where I grew up in South Minneapolis, it's weird. I grew up in the same place as all of these people. And a lot of it's blue collar and such, but I have trouble going back and talking to my friends from South Minneapolis We never had this issue before because politics didn't play a big role. But now we've got these guys, more guys than I imagined that I grew up with that are Trump humpers right now. And they can't see the forest for the trees. They can't understand where I'm coming from. And I just can't relate to them. So I choose not to be around them. It's a sad thing that you've known somebody your entire life and now you can't talk to them. But there is no talking to fucking Trump humpers. Uh, No, there isn't. And, um, you know, they are prone to not really being able to justify what they think. They don't have reasons for it. It's a gut thing. And uh, that's what they're attracted to. They're attracted to this idea that uh, somebody's out to get me. Uh, My life isn't turning out the way I thought it would. I don't make the amount of money I thought I would. That great job I had went to China. You know, they feel really threatened and they look around and here's Trump saying, well, it's not not your fault. It's not your fault you didn't go to school and get a better education so you could better job. It's because of all these foreigners coming in and taking the jobs or these lazy, lazy uh, minorities that you have to support. You well, know, it, it's it's very comforting to think that there's a, a, something that's not your fault. Well, that's something we have to realize with the Republicans, the Trump fucks and all these people. Everything they believe, everything they fight for is based on fear. And when fear is involved, then you can become irrational. And that's exactly what they are. They're fucking irrational because they're so afraid. The people that went to the Capitol on January 6th thought they were saving the country because they were afraid they were losing the country. And why were they afraid? Because fucking Trump told them they would lose the country if they did not do this. It's all based on fear. And when you put somebody in a corner and make them fearful, they're fucking dangerous. I I figure we're going to be talking a little bit about religion this morning, just because of one of the topics coming up. But uh, this is the thing I always say. And that is, I will believe that we have achieved a country that is not racist when Sunday morning I see black and white people sitting down in the same church. 
And yeah. uh, now, now you're going to see that, you know, in, in some congregations round and about, that's sure. But 99% of the time, you're going to have a white church and across town, you'll find a black church and then there'll be a Hispanic church here or there. We don't mix on Southern on Sunday morning very much. And the reason we don't is not because uh, uh, white people are turned away from black churches. No, that's not why. No. It's because black people and, and other minorities are not welcomed into the white church. And if uh, the other thing I say is I will believe this is not a, race, a racist country when you show me your best black friend that you see on a, at least a couple every couple of weeks, have dinner together, take vacations together. You and the wife and kids go out together all the time. When I see that, I'll say this is a non-racist country, but it ain't going to happen in my lifetime. I'm going to age out before that happens. Yeah, no question. Our expiration dates are too short at this point. And, and you know, the, the thing about it is what, what's ironic about how this segregation happens in churches. We're all worshiping to the same guy. It's not like we have different beliefs. And, and this is the problem I've always had with religions. I don't like organized religions because they're simply clubs run and controlled and policed by humans who are completely fallible and they are tainted. And at some point, these clubs become just ways for them to generate money and power and look away from what they're really there for. None of this has anything to do with God. It has to do with their own personal gain. Oh, absolutely. And uh, or that they feel like you say, they're afraid of the other. Well, they, they're not like me. I can't, I can't be around them because they're different. And, you know, sometimes it can be as something as simple as, uh, I, I don't know how to act around those <laughs> kind of people, you know, you know, and then, uh, be, fortunately for me, uh, spending my life in, in theater and around the jazz musicians and so forth. If you're a racist, you're not going to get very far in either of those professions. I'm here to tell you. If you want to no. find real liberals, liberals, go to a jazz club, go to a theater, uh, and that's where you'll find them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that, that's the thing. People, uh, here's a theory I've had. See what you think about this. I think everybody to some extent is prejudiced. And here's what I mean. I think people look sideways or maybe even fear anybody that's not like them. Now, I'm not just talking about race. I'm talking about if we have a room full of farmers and a room full of city folk, half yep. and half, a room that's split half and half between poor folk and rich folk. You know, I tell this story when my grandmother was going to marry my grandfather, yeah. Um, and, you know, this is in the in the 30s, I think, 30s, early 30s. My great grandmother was dead set against my grandmother marrying my grandfather. And you know why? Uh, probably social difference. Nope. Because he was nope. fucking because he was fucking Norwegian. They uh, hated Norwegians. They're yeah. lazy. They're unscrupulous. And she fought like hell for my grandmother not to marry my grandfather. Fortunately, she was unsuccessful at that. So what I'm saying is people are distrusting of anybody who's different from them. Um, 
on, on, on a lower level. It's not quite as aggressive as racism or misogyny or anti-Semitism, but it's always there. I mean, we all have to kind of open our minds and enlighten ourselves and actually go out and meet people of these different types, whatever that might be, and then make a judgment based on that instead of listening to all the bullshit that people tell you. Absolutely. And I, I count myself as lucky for two things. First off, I was born poor and my, my parents, the only place they could afford a house was on the black side of town. So from the time that I had any consciousness at all, my neighbors were all black and I didn't see any difference. Now, my parents did, of course. I mean, uh, they were white. They were born in a certain year and so forth. So they had some residual racism, but they insisted we treated everybody the same. They couldn't overcome it, but they empowered me and my brothers. Uh, to become pretty much uh, not colorblind, because I think that's silly. But we didn't see anyone as a superior or inferior. We saw each person as an individual. There were white people my mother would not let us associate with. There were black people she would not let us associate with. But it wasn't because of their color. It was because of uh, the quality of their character, if you will. Well, I, th- I think uh, I think people of color take offense to those folks who say, I don't see color because that, that's just patronizing. I mean, I see color. I just don't see any difference between the colors. I know this guy's black or that guy's Hispanic or that woman's Asian, but it's not a factor in what I think about them. It's like the difference between blonde hair and black hair, blue eyes and green eyes. Who fucking cares? It's about the content of their character, as Martin Luther King Jr. once said. And if we can all just focus on that, all the aesthetics don't make a fucking difference. Absolutely. And I mean, if you look at the different nationalities, so say between Irish and Italian or uh, you name them, when they first came to this country, they were all discriminated against. They all were seen as lesser until they were integrated into the larger um, uh, population. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and this does tie into religion <coughs> and prejudice and all of that shit. And that, of course, is this Supreme Court draft opinion document that was leaked, and it's showing that they have an interest or planning to overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, this threw this country in an uproar. I made a I made a point on one of the podcasts or one of the TikToks. I said, I want you to notice very carefully what happened. When this decision came out and was revealed, women, men, Democrats of all types were angry. I dare say they were triggered and they went out on the streets and they protested and they're angry and they're triggered. But guess what? I didn't hear about one building being burned down. I didn't hear about any major violence, no injuries, no deaths, nothing fucking like that. They were doing what they're supposed to do in spite of the fact that the Republicans would have us believe that the people attacking the U.S. Capitol were Antifa and Democrats, which makes no sense because they would be trying to stop something that benefited them. So that's fucking ridiculous. But my point is, is this is about the Republicans and how they handle things and they handle things badly. Exactly. Um, I, I would say that I don't know why folks were surprised. If you followed the questioning, 
when oral arguments were being made, you could tell which justices were leaning toward moving away from Roe and which ones were going to support it. This was not a surprise. Uh, the leak, uh, that's the big debate, isn't it? Who leaked it? A raving liberal trying to get it out there, uh, even though we already knew what was coming. Or was it a conservative who wanted to take the heat off Justice Thomas and his wife, or perhaps move the focus away from the January 6th committee? Uh, there's all sorts of reasons why they would want to do that. Um, this was a draft version. At, at this point, it, it meant very little, except that it does show the direction the court is, is leaning. I personally think it was released by somebody on the, the conservative side who wanted to freeze that and say, well, this is this is what it is and uh, make it look like if they make any changes at all, that they're bowing to public pressure from the left. I think that's what they did to try to freeze this and, and not for for any other reason. But it, of course, it did move everyone's attention away from some other areas and focused on this. Well, that, that, that is the opinion out there that they were in the early stages of discussing that they've got five people to agree to it. And then I think some people are thinking that maybe a couple of the justices said, oh, man, I don't know if I want to do this and starting to back out. So in order to lock them in, like you said, freeze this, they released it. So these people's names were attached to this overturning of the Roe v. Wade issue. Uh, so, so that, I mean, the reason they would pull away and not agree to this ultimately when the final draft is done is because they don't want their name attached to it. Well, they've taken that opportunity away from them and now their names are attached. So they have little to lose at this point. They've already lost what they're going to lose because they're connected to it. And I think the Republicans are more likely to have done it. Done it. The Democrats um, the Democrats, the only reason the Democrats could want to do it is to create chaos and anger. But that's more of a Republican strategy, not a Democratic strategy. That doesn't change the votes in the Supreme Court. It doesn't help the Democrats at all. I would think the Democrats want it to be put off as long as you can. I mean, everybody knew this was possibly coming, but it was such a slap in the face when it happened and how it happened. I, I compare it to me turning 62. It was a slap in the face. I knew it was inevitably coming. But when I was in my 20s and 30s, I never imagined how that was even possible. It was so far off. That's not going to happen to me. Now we've got Roe v. Wade settled law for 50 years. I don't think anybody really thought that anybody would have the courage to try to do this. Uh, that That is absolutely true, and your point is well taken. I think that the, the Democrats would have wanted to wait until it was uh, the final version was actually uh, released and then focus the rage because it would be closer to the midterms and right. and so forth. But the, the other thing is, this is such an overreach. This particular version is such an overreach when you look at the case that they were examining, this Mississippi case that basically um, changed uh, the law to uh, 15 weeks uh, make that uh, uh, you couldn't have one beyond that, uh, an abortion beyond that. Right. What this does, of course, and and I believe they had also removed uh, 
um, exemptions for rape and incest. So that's bad too. But, but still, it was more limited in scope. And I, I think Justice Roberts, for example, might be able to accept that. Certainly the liberal members never would. They wouldn't accept anything. But Roberts is always the guy who's going to be trying to, uh, to balance things just a little bit. This is a huge overreach because it not only affects this Mississippi case, it not only affects abortion, but it affects every other case that is dependent upon a right to privacy in the 14th Amendment. That's what uh, that's what uh, Alito is saying here. There is no right to privacy. It never existed. This was flawed from the beginning. And if you want to interpolate that and, and expand it, that means no gay marriage. Uh, that means no uh, um, uh, that you can't. Uh, you can have a prohibition on whether uh, black people and white people or any uh, any two races can co-mingle uh, and, and many other things that are dependent upon that same issue of, of uh, perhaps privacy in the 14th Amendment. I think I think uh, it without question had to be Republican. And this might be the hugest gift in the world to uh, uh to Democrats. This is the one thing that apparently is just a bridge too far, the point where they're actually willing to fight back. Democrats have always been known as kind of wimps and they're not, they're going to turn the other cheek. But if you're going to fight a bully, sometimes you got to smack them in the snout. And this may be the one thing that causes them to do that. Not to mention they've alienated 51% of the American public in women. That's not going to bode well in an election. I don't care who the fuck you're talking about. I, I have to agree. I think a lot of, well, we, we see it and I've heard variously 70%, 80%, depending of the population are, are in favor of Roe v. Wade. So you've got at most 20 to 30% of the people are going to support this. But, uh, ultimately, I, I think the idea here is to have the overreach and to, to try to, um, basically remove all of the federal mandates that have been brought since approximately the 1890s. <laughs> and, and that includes all of the social safety net. It includes anything that uh, isn't specifically written in the Constitution. The problem with that is we have the Ninth Amendment that says just because something isn't enumerated here doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Right. So uh, this is a very poorly reasoned uh, uh, draft anyway. I mean, when, when you come to the law, you basically deal with president, precedent and, uh, and, and to a certain extent, philosophy. Right. And, and you have to go through a series of intellectual proofs in order to come up with something that will fly. And, and what Alito has done here is jump to a lot of conclusions. He has a lot of unsupported allegations and he has no precedent, really. So no. it, it's not even really a potential uh, draft that I think anyone can accept. And I'm, I'm a little concerned that, that Supreme Court justices can do this sort of thing. They've got jobs for life. And apparently there's no code of ethics in the Supreme Court, which just fucking amazes me. Um, so there's nothing you really can do to this guy except 
uh, cancel him in in culture and cause his life to be miserable every time he's out someplace. And that's probably going to happen in this situation. Um, but the only thing we can possibly do here is win in the midterms, get a big margin in the House, get a big margin in the Senate, pack the fucking Supreme Court, put on four more people. That's not crazy, given the fact that when the last time it was uh, uh, it was done, uh, we've grown as a country. We should have more representatives on the Supreme Court, but we could even this thing out. Exactly. And I, and I think uh, your point is well taken. We have to take the midterms. We have to do it in a way that gives us a, a bigger margin in the Senate so that Joe Manchin and uh, Kristen Sinema become uh, superfluous. We don't need them. Uh, we can, we can uh, cancel the filibuster. We can get rid of the Electoral College. We can uh, do everything that we need to do uh, so that uh, the minority does no longer rule. And that's what we have. All of these Supreme Court justices are the, 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 the uh, um, could be ones, for the most part, were uh, appointed and did not win the popular vote. That's minority rule. The presidents themselves serving who did not get a plurality. They didn't get the most votes. The fact that they serve to me is illegitimate just because of this, this very weird thing they came up with called the electoral college, mainly to do with slavery, uh, to give the, the slave states more power. That's what it's all about. Time to get rid of all of that. And then we have something we can work with. Uh, the Republican party will never win another election, another federal election. What we're seeing is them trying to destroy the federal government, return all the power to the states so right. that they can always retain it. And they can gerrymander, they can put their machines in place and so forth. And, uh, you know, they can, they can outnumber us in the state houses and have power that way. Right. Now, that's what. Yeah. Well, I think this is, this in my is, ho- in my ho- <laughs> this is, this is desperation on their, their side and they don't have much other hope than doing something like this i tell you what we're going to uh take a quick break and we'll continue on this topic right afterwards so hang with us here families have a lot going on let ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up like delicious lolly focus pops or lolly mellow pops for kids and for parents try three new brainy chews to help you focus chill out or get energized Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We are back. And Ed, this whole thing with this overturning Roe v. Wade, I think this is a huge turning point in this country. I'm a firm believer that in all bad things, a lot of times good things come out of it. This is awakening a sleeping giant. I've said this before. Hopefully it's waking a sleeping giant. Because let's be honest, when we're talking about overturning Roe v. Wade, that doesn't affect you or me directly. That doesn't affect any of these fucks that want to make this change. It affects the millennials. It affects the Gen Zers. And if they've been kind of 
not paying attention, they better be paying attention now because this is going to affect them in the long term if Roe v. Wade is overturned. I'm under no delusion that my wife and I are going to have another child or have to make that choice, but those young people will. So maybe this is the one thing that makes them say, fuck these old people. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to take this shit back. The future is ours. It's not theirs. Let's take control of it. I I hope you're right, because we do have to. We can argue politics all we want about things, but this has real world applications. I mean, uh, regardless of why you enter in a sexual relationship, whether you want a family or not, uh, people, women, get pregnant. And it, it's then their decision. It has to be, uh, primarily because in a lot of cases, uh, the guy has no interest in being a father. Uh, he doesn't want to be tied down. This was a one-night stand thing for him. Or, or even if there was a relationship that he wanted, he's not ready for that. There's all sorts of things going on here. The woman doesn't have that luxury. She's no. pregnant. She's either going to abort uh, or she's going to carry it to term, give it up for adoption, or she's going to keep it. Uh, very, very limited uh, uh, choices for her. And that's why it has to be her choice. And and that's simply why when you look at this, no one is saying, well, it takes two to tango, as they say, right? Every guy who contributes to a pregnancy, there should be a companion bill that says, you're responsible, dude, until this child turns 21, you're responsible for making sure this child has food to eat, shelter, and all of that. It's on you now, dude, you and the mother have to provide this. And uh, if you choose not to be with her, fine. You're still going to pay for it. That should be the companion bill with all of this, but it isn't. I got a, I have a draconian answer to this. If someone gets pregnant in kind of an untenable situation, a rape, incest, whatever, and this woman is, or this child is no longer able to have an abortion, In order to make this fair, like you said, we've got to make the male in this whole scenario um, accountable. So if a woman wants to have an abortion, can't have an abortion, it's just not a good situation for this child to be in. I suggest, (laughs) why not, in those situations when that happens, remove one of the men's testicles. You can still have children with one testicle, okay? But if you do it twice, you get the other one removed and you get taken off the field. That seems fair to me. If if they can inflict that kind of intrusiveness in the bodies of women, why not do the same for men? It's only fair. Well, I'll dial it back just a notch and say, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, if if we can force women to have a child which they did not want, uh, the the birth control didn't work, or uh, they were raped or something uh, untoward happened. If we can force women to to have a child, then why can't we force men uh, at the age of 12, 11, whatever, to get a vasectomy, which is easily reversible, and uh, you would never have another unwanted pregnancy. Uh, only when the, you were ready, when you had, had the, the funds and everything in line, 
then you could get that in a, you know, just a, a simple procedure in a doctor's office, get that reversed and you're in business. Uh, it's much le- it's much more simple. It's much cleaner. It's much in every way. Uh, uh, everybody wins that way. Uh, but guys are going to scream, no, no, my body, my decision, aren't they? Mm. You, you think, you think my, my suggestion is a little out there and a little beyond the pale. Let's take a yeah. testicle. <laughs> well, I come from this with a different uh, perspective. You see, when I was 29 years old, I had testicular cancer. And they had to remove a testicle. And it was a dramatic, traumatic experience. And, of course, after that, I still had another child uh, five years later. So I could still do it. Um, but this is something that's that's really a problem for, for males to think they have to ha- actually be accountable for the things they do. I mean, that's what this is about. It's been like this for decades and hundreds of years. Men can do whatever they want to women. Women have to pay the price and the man can just go on and do it again over and over again. There's got to be some real punishment. And of course, taking a testicle off a guy who did this, that's never going to happen. That is a little draconian. But the fact of the matter is they've been paying nothing up to this point. It's uh, it's not until lately that they've been really pressured to pay fucking support for these kids. Exactly. And I, I, I think it's mostly like one quarter of their paycheck for a, for a child. Now, if, if, if you keep at it and keep going pretty soon, you don't have a lot of bucks to live on, you know, but, but I'm in favor of that. Starve them if you have to. Make sure the kids get the money. Well, it's kind of like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene makes $170,000 a year as a representative in the House of Representatives. But there was a fine for not wearing a mask, and she continued not wearing a mask. So right now, she doesn't even get a check from the House of Representatives because all the money is going to fines. I mean, and this stupid woman continues to fucking do it. Yeah, and yet she's flying around every weekend. Uh, she's going everywhere she wants to go. I assume she's eating in pretty decent restaurants. She's not at McDonald's and stuff. She's being paid to run her mouth by somebody, uh, some uh, some um, uh, operative of some sort within the Republican Party. Uh, the same with uh, with all of these that are that do nothing. I mean, they were elected to uh, to pass legislation. Uh, to make uh, our lives better. That's why we send them there. Uh, no one, no one, no one in the, uh, quote, Freedom Caucus, uh, to my knowledge, has advanced any sort of bill that would do anything except muddy the waters or in some way uh, uh, make trouble. They don't do anything. They don't know how to do anything to make things better because, let's face it, with the Republicans, they only have one agenda. And that's to lower taxes or remove taxes for rich people and corporations. That's it. That's their entire agenda. And compensate that by taxing the middle class more. I mean, yes, you're, you're, I've said this before. The Republicans are nothing but obstructionist. They are there. They are put in their places to govern. But for, I don't know, since Obama, maybe be, maybe before that, they don't govern at all. They don't have any bills. I asked somebody who was a Trumplican, I said, tell me one bill that, uh, 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 that the Republicans passed, even when they had power, that was worth a shit that really affected us. And they said, well, the tax break. 
I go, yeah, but you don't even understand how the fucking tax breaks work. It gives the rich a uh, $2 trillion tax break in perpetuity. But we got a tax break, too. Yes, you did. It was crumbs, and it was limited. That tax break no longer exists. Do your taxes this year. Find out how much you're paying in taxes, because it's worse than it was now, because your tax break that you so much enjoy doesn't exist anymore. But the Republicans don't fucking tell you that. They just want you to believe that you're still getting all the riches from their efforts, and that's bullshit. Right, and then... You gave up to get that quote tax cut. You gave up a bunch of deductions like home mortgage deductions and that sort of thing. So you actually lose in the long run. Um, so yeah, they're not paying attention. Uh, the folks who vote Republican who aren't billionaires are simply not paying attention. Um, the, the Democratic proposal right now on taxes would, uh, if you make under $400,000, and that's certainly me, and I assume you, unless you've gotten a real Oh, it's bonus. close. It's close. <laughs> no, it's not. So uh, that's pretty much everybody I know. Yeah. Um, my my new neighbor here probably is a little bit over that, but he deserves it. He 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 invented something that uh, got a patent on it. So So, yeah, I'll give him a pass, but, you know, he'll pay a little more, but he's doing fine. You know, it's not a big deal, but, uh, and, and I don't have a problem. I don't want to punish, punish people, uh, who achieve things. What I want to do is, is, uh, level the playing field so that I don't have a guy who has so much money. He can hire lawyers so that he never has to pay any taxes. I'm talking to you, Jeff Bezos. I'm talking to you, Elon Musk. I'm talking to all of you friggin' billionaires and and millionaires who don't pay any taxes and you corporations who don't pay any taxes. I pay more than probably uh, half of the major corporations. And so do you. Well, I, I, I talked to a wealthy guy one time and they were trying to tell me, well, we work hard. We got lucky. We did this. We're making our money. Why should we redistribute wealth? Why should we give you our money? And I said to him, I don't want your fucking money. Make as much money as you want. I just want our fucking money back that you get in tax breaks because that money is coming out of our ass. Keep your money, pay your taxes, but give us our fucking money back. That's all you have to do. And he didn't have much to say about that because he couldn't really refute it. I mean, the fact is, if you ask these people how much they're paying in taxes, they'll give you some convoluted bullshit. Well, we're paying uh, payroll taxes. Well, you got to pay payroll taxes. That's part of the deal. I'm talking about based on your income, based on what you generated. You pay nothing in taxes. I love how they say this. Well, we paid all kinds of taxes. And then they point to payroll taxes or, or some other property taxes or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about based on the money you earn, just like all of us have to pay. I mean, Joe Biden made $600,000 last year because we actually saw his his tax return and he paid 25% in tax. I'm okay with that. Maybe he should have paid a little bit more. Maybe he should have paid a little bit less. But with his proposal, Biden himself is going to pay more money. So I respect the fact that he's willing to do that, pay the price himself in order to even the playing field here in this fucking country. Exactly. And, and of course, people say, well, well, Donald Trump didn't even take his uh, salary, <laughs> but he directed, you know, millions of dollars uh, in um, 
to his properties, having the Secret Service and the Vice President. Anytime anybody traveled, they had to stay in one of his properties. Uh, he didn't lose anything, believe me. And then his son-in-law got a $2 billion investment from Saudi Arabia. Uh, his son-in-law and daughter uh, made over $620 million while they were, quote, working in the White House. Um, so there's there's all kinds of dodges that you have when you're rich that us folks don't have, that well, here, we don't have. Here's a story that not too many people heard because, well, there's so much other fucking crazy shit going on. But in the last few days, maybe a week or so, Donald Trump lost a lawsuit. Yes. Now, now you're telling me that he doesn't take his $400,000 a year. Okay, that's cool. But in this lawsuit, he was being sued for taking extra money from the inauguration. The first day, one day on the job, he's doing the inauguration and he was funneling money into his own properties. He got sued. He funneled like a million six or million five into it. Well, he yeah. settled that lawsuit and had to pay them $750,000. Not a lot of money to some of these rich billionaires, but I tell you what, $750,000 is about you know, one year of work and about three fourths of another year of work. And that was on the first fucking day. So don't tell me Donald Trump didn't make any money. Sure. It's easy to say, I'll give away my 400,000, but on inauguration day, you made a million five. Exactly. Off the public. Exactly. Uh, There's something else. And it just occurred to me that I wanted to really jump back to here too. It's a little off base, but I don't want to forget it because it's really important. And uh, we were talking about the Republican agenda as was put forth by Rick Scott, um, who's supposed to be helping the the folks running for the Senate. I mean, he's uh, from Florida and nothing good comes out of Florida. Not lately. not lately. He uh, he came up with this uh, this uh, quote agenda that uh, Mitch McConnell immediately said, "No, that ain't going to work." But uh, it did raise taxes on uh, folks like you and me and below, because everybody should have some skin in the game, and that's what everybody you know saw. That was what they saw, and they heard sunset Social Security and Medicare. Uh, what I want to point out here for everybody listening, and you can Google this, whatever you want to do, it's the absolute truth. Really, what he, his agenda is, is to require that all federal, all federal legislation has to be reauthorized every five years. Yeah. That includes Social Security, Medicare, Anything in the social safety net, that would be WIC and that would be food. Anything that is a federal program that is mandated on the states has to be reauthorized in the Senate and the House every five years. So that means if uh, you get a Donald Trump and he has the Senate and the House, they can do away with all of the federal programs. Boom, they're gone. They're not reauthorized and then try getting them back. I wonder if that includes the subsidies for the farmers and for the oil companies and for for uh, car makers and stuff like that. Would it include that too? I bet it doesn't. 
Uh, it would depend, you know, the, if they don't pay the tribute. I was just listening this morning uh, to NPR, and they were talking about the oligarchs and how uh, uh, Putin controls them. He has the power. Sure, he lets them make billions of dollars. But right. if they tick him off, he can seize that, seize their company, nationalize it, if you will. It's just like the old feudal system where you had a king and he had nobles that served at his pleasure. And if they ticked him off, he could seize their lands and, and hang them if he wanted to. And that's what they're aiming at here. So they they could say, well, we'll sunset that farmer's program if the farmers vote against us. Sounds uh, a lot we'll, like sounds a lot like organized crime and that's what we want for this country i I fucking hard to believe exactly and of course that's what trump is uh, where he comes from that's where jared kushner comes from his dad was mafia trump's dad was mafia um organized crime is at the very center of uh of the republican party and has been for some time now well here here's what i don't understand i mean the Republican Party's been around a long time, and you would presume they're smart. You would presume that they know how to go into an election. But now we've got the midterms, what, six, seven months away in November. And this is what the Republicans are doing right now. They've got the Rick Scott thing. Let's raise taxes on the middle class. Let's take away Medicare, Social Security, Medicaid. Oh, let's overturn Roe v. Wade. Let's support white supremacists. Let's support overturning elections and overthrowing our government. How in their fucking heads is that going to help them in the fucking election, in the midterms, they're doing everything they can to fuck things up for themselves. And it's a, it's incumbent on the uh, Democrats to keep this in front of people's faces, and hopefully they will. But how does that win them elections? I get the feeling, honestly, I get the feeling, I think they believe this shit is over, that they can't save themselves. So they're just doing this fucking hysterical grab to get as much as they can now while they still can because they know it's gone soon. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Well, uh, that's a possibility because uh, I can't get inside their heads. Uh, just a couple of points. First off, the, there's no one left in the Republican Party who has any sort of uh, intellectual validity. No. Uh, begin, beginning with uh, Newt Gingrich's Tea Party and every ever since then, Anyone with any real gravitas has been primaried out. Now there's just stooges. That's all they are. Uh, they go there. They vote as they're told. Uh, the, the bills are written by the, the think tanks, and, and uh, the, they are subject to the will of the oligarchs, who the Koch brothers and so forth, that fund them. Uh, the Republican Party as such, as a party, uh, with a, a platform does no longer exist. So you can forget about that. I do think that what they had in mind uh, with their little insurrection there was turning this into uh, an oligarchy with a strong man figure. Uh, first, uh, first Trump, and as soon as he dies, whoever else they want to stick in there. They wanted democracy dead and gone, and that's the real agenda of the Republican Party. And uh, if you may record, remember uh, uh, Grover Nordquist. You remember him, the anti-tax anti tax guy who wanted to uh, make the federal government small enough that he could drown it in a bathtub. That's what he said. 
And that is the Republican agenda. Get rid of the federal government. Then you have these little fiefdoms, the colonies, if you will, with their own little potentates ruled over by the big potentate. And uh, everybody else is a peasant. That is their idea. And there is, uh, there, if you, if you take a look at it, that's exactly the center of what they want to do. So far as why don't they care about that, that, that this is what is out there. This is what they're proposing because they don't think, and they may be right that their followers listen to anything but Fox News, OAN, and Trump's tweets or whatever that he's sending out. Uh, his rallies uh, that the the news media had, don't cover as much as they once did, but right. uh, they always covered them way too much. And uh, you can see that he he does have some influence. I mean, he he got J.D. Vance to win the primary in Ohio, even though the guy two years ago or three years ago was calling him Hitler. Uh, he <laughs> did a backflip, <laughs> changed over Trump, endorsed him. He won with 32% of the vote. The Democrats are going to kill him yeah. in, in November, but the Republican base does not know that. All they're hearing is what Trump is saying, what uh, uh, Tucker Carlson and Hannity are saying, because they don't listen to Fox News. They listen to Fox opinion. These, right. these talking heads that just spread whatever the, uh, the think tanks come up with that they think will fly. Uh, they're not talking about uh, the Republican agenda. They're not talking about uh, sunsetting Social Security and Medicare. Uh, they would have to find that out from some other source. And, and they don't do that. They don't go. They don't look. Uh, you know, that, and, that, and that's the thing is uh, we're talking about the media uh, segregating the country by feeding people different information. And as long as they don't have the information, they make some dumb choices. And that's the whole point of, of, of what the Republicans are trying to do. I don't, I don't understand how they're going to sell this because this is going to be out in the ether and it's going to be pretty loud. If the Democrats have any sense at all from the, uh, the upcoming televised hearings to uh, this abortion thing, to all this stuff going on, it's going to reach them at some point. This is too big, too, too big of a news story or stories for that not to reach them, and 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 they're going to, they're going to fuck themselves over. There's no question. I, I've said this on the podcast. Donald Trump endorsed a lot of people for the primaries. In my personal opinion, I hope. Every candidate that he endorsed for the primaries wins because they're all crazy conspiracy theory, QAnon fucking crazy fucks. And the Democrats are going to have a much easier time beating these clowns. And it's not just my thought on this. It's not just my opinion. It's also the opinion of Mitch McConnell. He's pissed off about this. He sees what's going to happen. He doesn't want Donald Trump's uh, uh, endorsees to win the uh, primaries because he knows he has less chance of winning come November. Um, you're exactly right on that. And just look at what's happening with business now. Now, we see this uh, this abortion draft uh, uh, decision released. And, and what immediately happens? Amazon steps up. Yelp steps up. All, all, all of these businesses are coming out of the woodwork to say, 
we'll pay the travel expenses for any of our employees who need to travel to get an abortion. Now, Amazon up to $4,000. I don't know about the others, but they're saying, we'll cover it. We'll cover the expenses. It's just like with Disney in Florida saying, this is a bridge too far, uh, DeSantis. We're not going along with this don't say gay bill. Half of our people are gay. And, uh, you know, and this is true. If you've ever been to a Disney park, I, I guarantee you, Everybody who I've ever known who worked at the Disney park was gay. And right. that, that's, that's just pure anecdotal. But because I worked in theater and so forth, I'm, I'm probably at least 60 to 70% of my friends are gay or lesbian or trans or something, you know, and, yeah. and they, t- they tend to work in, in, uh, in theme parks, in, uh, um, in Vegas, in, in movies, in, in uh, theater. In, right. in thing, things that that they like to do. So you're going to find a disproportionate amount of people uh, who are gay in the entertainment uh, business. It's just the nature of it. You know, the, 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 uh, um, the, the Democrats have always been accused of poor messaging. But there's a group out there that's doing messaging for the Democrats. It's called Midas Touch. I don't know if you've seen them. But I would encourage you to go look for it. I duetted something on TikTok today, which I don't normally do, but I thought this was pretty powerful uh, messaging by Midas Touch in favor of the Democrats. The scene is a is an older woman and a younger girl in a car uh, driving yeah. in the dark, and they get pulled over by the police, and they seem a little nervous, and and then the cop uh, asks for license and stuff, and says. Are you heading for the border? She goes, oh, no, 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 we're heading over this. And he looks over at the young girl and goes, hi, who are you? She says, Grace. And she's looking nervous and upset and concerned. She says, he says to her, Grace, are you pregnant? And then she gets all flustered. The cop comes to the other side of the door. All right, get out of the car. Stand up against the thing. And it was, you know, it was very dystopian, very scary, draconian situation about this white parent and white daughter trying to maybe go outside the state to get an abortion, but they are stopped at the line by the police and then they are handcuffed and sent to jail. That is a very powerful statement. And it's not, it's not really that crazy because we're hearing those kinds of talking points. They're going to punish people if they go out of state to get an abortion, because you've got to live under our standards, what we believe. It's good messaging for Midas Touch. And if you haven't seen that video, you should check it out. If you're on TikTok, you can just check mine out. I've got to do that with it. But that's the kind of things that have to be put out there. The the real hardcore pressing things, because that's the things that are going to make a difference in people's minds. That's what's going to scare them. Absolutely. Now, now that said, what I uh, what I believe that you're going to see heading into the midterms from the Republicans, the border, schools, and CRT, and all of that sort of thing, and uh, saving babies from the evil Democrats, you're going to see the culture war garbage. That's what they're going to be focused on. They're not going to talk economics. They're not. Oh, inflation, of course, they will really be beating the inflation drum. And uh, uh, but that's what you're going to see uh, coming in. And it's going to be a heavy, heavy 
uh, leaning on the culture war stuff, even though only 30 percent may uh, actually be rabidly believing uh, all the QAnon crap. You've got a sizable group who are worried about inflation. Uh, you have some that are so ignorant, they believe that CRT is in math books and, and, and so forth. Or that, uh, I mean, here in Tennessee, it's just insane. You know, they're, yeah. they've just passed, passed a bill that the legislature has to approve all the books in the school libraries and all the librarians have to send them a list of the, the books they have, which is insane. No librarian has the time to do that, nor should they deal with it. And, and certainly there's no one in the, Tennessee legislature, especially on the Republican side, who could even read, much less judge a book, uh, whether it's valuable or not. I I would make this rule. If you're going to ban a book, you actually have to have spent the time and read the fucking book, because I'm guessing they haven't read these books. They're seeing words or phrases in it, and they go, nope, that's out. That's fucking out. But these people aren't bright enough to put in the time and effort to actually read something and try to fucking comprehend it. Um, I, you know, to be perfectly honest, Ed, I'm very concerned about our public school system. I think that I think the Republicans are doing everything they can to destroy it, and they're doing a good job. My wife was a teacher for 30 years. You've got parents now controlling the school districts, and that doesn't bode well because everybody thinks they're their kid is a genius and their kid does nothing wrong. So it just causes all kinds of problems. Now you throw in book burnings and, and book bannings and, and, and all these limitations. I'm concerned if we are going to have educated kids 20 years from now, because, you know, through that whole pandemic thing, I know my wife has said this and she means this seriously for all the kids that went through the pandemic and, and the distance learning and all this stuff. She knows as well as everybody knows that not much was learned in that period. She thinks that all these kids, everybody should be held back one year and just redo it. If we really have any hope of these kids being educated. Well, she's very astute because that's absolutely true. Um, here where I am in the great, the, the great hinterland here, uh, among the hollers and the ridges, uh, any sort of uh, uh, communication beyond landline is spotty. Most of the kids could not do distance learning because, number one, they were too poor to have computers. Even if they gave a computer, they didn't have Wi-Fi, no connectivity. They'd have to go to McDonald's or somewhere where they could find some Wi-Fi in order to do their homework. So, no, there wasn't a lot of, of learning going on. And I don't know if you saw this, but just yesterday... Uh, Greg Abbott, the crazy man down in Texas, is, has uh, said that he may, and that means he will, challenge uh, the, the uh, requirement that states provide free public education to all students of, of a certain, between certain ages. Yeah. Now, he's, he's, he's couching it in that we're paying for illegal immigrants, but he's challenging the requirement, not just for illegal aliens, but for everybody. So he's, he's, he, they want to prime just what they did with healthcare, uh, what they did with prisons. They want to privatize and deprive 
and strangle is what it comes down to. And they want to do that with the public schools. And here in Tennessee, they're getting close. They're getting ready to open uh, like a hundred charter schools with a curriculum supplied by a right wing university. And uh, that's going to happen because they have a, 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 the, the Republicans have a stranglehold on the legislature here. So, and the governor is Republican, so he won't veto anything. So that's going to happen here. And before you know it, uh, you're either going to a church school, a charter school where you'll learn nothing because all of the ones that they have here in Tennessee now are failing. Uh, so it, it's, it's very dire. It's very dire. And it's coming to a state near you. But I don't understand how this is sellable, how this is even workable, how it benefits these people asking for that. If we're talking about abortions and you want to overturn Roe v. Wade, great. But there's going to be a ton of Republican families who have daughters that are going to be in a position where they're going to need an abortion for whatever reason, rape, what have you. Those people aren't going to be very happy with their own representatives, the people they voted for, for installing such a thing. And the same thing goes with schools. I mean, we have public schools, but there's a lot of poor people that send their kids to school. If now you say, okay, you're going to send them to school and you have to send them to school, but you're going to have to pay for it. How does that not create some kickback or some backlash? It's got to. Well, they'll just choose not to send them. <laughs> that's that's probably the idea. I mean, capitalism depends on uh, a subclass. It depends on people who wash the dishes, who uh, drive the taxis, or or uh, or, or whatever. Of course, uh, uh, Yelp and or, and all of the the c- computer. Um, cab company, you know, folks who drive for Lyft and, and all of those who kind of aced out the cab company. So I don't know what they're doing, but we need, we need the laborers, right? Well, of and, course. Uh, yeah. We don't want to let those in from other countries. So we'll create our own just by uh, lowering the living standard of most people. It's really kind of a depressing thing to think about that that might be the case, but I'll, all all evidence points to it. I mean, like you said, they want to destroy democracy. They want to destroy the public schools. All they're concerned with is how much money they can put in their pocket. And unfortunately, all of us, the little people, will suffer the consequences from all of this. Exactly. Now, and I'm 72 years old, 10 years older than you, Mike, but my, my father and mother were born into a society exactly like that. Here in Tennessee, uh, in my home county and, and in all of the counties, there were a few very wealthy people who owned most of the land. The other people were either, uh, they either had a, a small portion of land that was their own where they scratched out a living or they worked as sharecroppers for the big landowners. That was what was happening here. And then you had the merchants. So you had rich people, merchants, and everybody else was poor, very poor. We're talking, if you didn't raise it, you didn't eat it. And, you know, you might, uh, your surplus you sold off so you could buy salt and flour and that sort of thing. Or you went to the rich guy, and and you got an advance on your labor for the year, and you wound up owing them a lot of money. So you could never leave. 
You became a peasant, uh, essentially. And the, what changed that? TVA, which was a government initiative by the Roosevelt administration, they came in here, they electrified things. That, that brought in industry. People were able to thumb their nose at the big landowners and say, you know, I don't know who's going to get in your crops, but it ain't going to be me. I'm going to go work for the Tennessee Eastman. And they did. And that rose the standard of living for everybody. And then the G, we had the war and the GI Bill came in and we got more businesses and all of that. Again, it was government action. Rich right. people, it, rich people don't give money to poor people. It never trickles ever. No, no, it never does. You know, people talk about the Republicans having no platform. I think they have one plank in this platform. When you look at the abortion overturning Roe v. Wade, when you look at the schools and you look at the taxing and the way they want to run things, I would think the biggest plank in their platform is they want to somehow transform us from 2022 back 60 years to the way it was. I mean, this country has progressed a long way and fixed a lot of things that were bad even when we were young. But they want to take us back to that time. And I I don't get why anybody would want to fucking jump on board with that. Well, it's ignorance to a certain extent. Uh, People do not, they don't seek out the, the information that's true. They seek out the information that's easy and reinforces their prejudices and so forth. And, and they don't see it. I mean, here in, in, I'm just going to use my home County as an example, median income is about $30,000, maybe a couple, couple of bucks above that. That means a lot of people make much less, right? And maybe if they're working for minimum wage around 15,000 a year, something like that. So, uh, and, and, and I sit back, I watch TV at night and I see all these commercials for all of these products and all these services and everything th- that are geared for someone like me who makes twice the median just as a retired person. Right. You know, you know, I can afford to go to that hotel for a weekend. I can afford to buy this or that. These people, this is a desperate dream for them. They can shop at the dollar store. That's what, what they can do. So they see all of this stuff, and, and, and it has to be dispiriting to see that this is available, but you will never achieve it. And what did they do? Well, math is real big around here. If your reality is not what you can deal with, you seek another one. And that's why drug abuse is so heavy here. If you doubled the minimum wage, you'd see the drug problem disappear. I promise you. Absolutely. And the, and the, the thing is, is... Uh, your representatives are forcing this on you and causing you to be in this condition, and you still rise up and say, "Oh, they're my Lord and Savior." It's it's pretty fucked up, and and it is a lot of ignorance in this country. And I don't even know how you address that, especially now the Republicans are trying to destroy public education. Ed, we're running out of time here, as we often do. Um, we're going to wrap it up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I appreciate you for taking the time to sit down and. Hash this shit out. <laughs> it's uh, it's a great it's great fun for me. Uh, hopefully, we uh, reach out and touch some people and and maybe uh, steer them in the in our our direction. I'm not going to say the right direction, but it's our direction, and I I believe in it. Well, we're not going to attract the uh, people that really need to hear the information. My goal is to get as many people together of a like mind, and then let them spread it out in their 
given situations. It's a maybe slower way uh, to spread the word and try to inform people, but it's really the only option at this point because those fuckers don't want to listen to common sense or logic. So fuck it. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up for the Rational Boomer podcast. If you have questions for me, questions for Ed, recipes, jokes, complaints, I don't give a shit. Just send me uh, an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Go to anchor.fm um, and uh, check for the Rational Boomer podcast and then uh, um, leave me a voicemail. Now, Ed, I did something here, and I think I can do it in this situation. I offered this to my audience. I've always said I'm not the smartest guy in the room. There are people listening that have a lot of good input, have a lot of good ideas, and I'd offered up the opportunity if there is a listener who wants to sit on, on one of the show and discuss uh, discuss whatever they're concerned about or whatever their question is, you know, I'm going to look at it very hard. So don't get some crazy fuck in here, but, <laughs> but, but I would be happy to pull in, you know, one of our, uh, one of our listeners to sit in on the conversation and offer their point of view. So I'm going to offer it again, just email me rationalboomer at gmail.com. Say I'd be interested in being on the show with you. And I think that could be fun. Yeah, so do I. So we'll wrap it up. Have a great day, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.